Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix on the 24th of September 2010. And as always, I suggest newcomers, and there's always newcomers coming into the show. I know that by the emails I get, you should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find massive archive there of audios and transcripts as well for downloading. Remember, too, all those sites you see listed on that front page, it's very important you bookmark them because they all uh, carry the same information. Sometimes I get one or two going to that down at a time. And if you bookmark a lot of them, uh, you'll have at least one of them, which I'm sure, hopefully, will work. And they all carry the audios. They all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks that I've given. And if you want audios and if you want the transcripts in another language, uh, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, where you can find them for prints up in other languages of your choice. And remember, too, that you are the audience that brings me to you. I don't rely on advertisers to pay my way. Uh, that's generally how hosts make their living, and it's pretty lucrative, too. Uh, you are the, the people who bring me to you. It's up to you to purchase the books, the discs, and so on that I have for sale on the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And that just makes me trickle over. And that's all I do is trickle over. And I don't bring on guests who terrify you and then sell you the antidote at the end. Because that's really how a lot of it works. And the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers. And I've got nothing to do with it straight to YRBM. And that pays for their airtime and their staff equipment and their bills. And we've all got massive bills. And it, and it also pays for the broadcast as well. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by purchasing the books and items or donating to me. Remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check to Canada. Uh, you can still use an international postal money order to Canada. And some people just send cash and do their order. If you want to order through PayPal, send the PayPal donation and a separate email with your name, address, and order on it, and I'll get it back to you. Across the rest of the world, you do have the options of using uh, Western Union, which is kind of expensive, MoneyGram, which is cheaper, cash. You can also use PayPal to donate or to purchase. Remember, a separate email after the donation with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get that up to you to wherever you live across the planet. And so far, the post office isn't too bad. Um, they are making changes in the U.S. are cutting bad, back uh, and staff and closing a lot of post offices down, in fact. I have no doubt Canada is to follow. And I know that places like Australia, sometimes a nightmare to get the stuff out to Australia uh, because they can get it fast enough through airmail, but they hang on to it for about two, two months or more. It's just amazing. Anyway, that's little trials and tribulations we go through all the time. And on this show, as I say, I try to show you the bigger picture. Same with the archives and the audios. If the history or archives are got up there, you've got to go into them because you, you will save yourself a lot of time and trouble and a lot of loops. There's a lot of loops you can put up for you to follow, round in circles and circles and circles as you chase rainbows. 
uh, and chasing aliens and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, that will take a good part of your time up, but it won't help you at all in understanding what's really happening, and it won't help to be a stronger person out of you either if you're living in constant fear. After all, if aliens are running the world, what chance do you have in doing anything? Eh? It's a great way to get you out of the running of even doing anything, participating, and that's called counterintelligence, by the way. That's how it works. You know, this New World Order, as I say, there's nothing really new about it at all. Um, it was planned an awful long time ago. Uh, lots of books were written in the 1800s by big players and in, into the 1900s and in the 20th century. Now, the music's coming in, and we'll be back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I am back and we're cutting through the matrix. Uh, talking about this big world order that's been ongoing for an awful long time. Uh, the big boys before World War II were very, very um, ambitious about their plans. They had lots of books written out there. Uh, the British Eugenics Society worked with the American Eugenics Society and various other eugenics societies to try and find ways to eliminate all the the working classes that would simply have to go because even then they knew they were bringing in a world government and they would, wouldn't need all these laboring classes anymore and they were terrified the lower classes would outbreed the, the brighter ones, you know, the ones who deserve to live, obviously. And um, they devised different plans and methods and discussed things at world meetings and how to depopulate. Even from the beginning at the League of Nations in 1918 or 1919, they discussed this too. That became the United Nations, and they still discuss it because they have a Department of Population Control there. And it's been an ongoing battle all the time. Now, the thing is, the average person is taught to be um, a good citizen. See, a, a good citizen. A good citizen is what those in, in power uh, decide they, you, you should really be. And they decide too, or their minions beneath them of bureaucrats decide what kind of uh, pacified, happy little taxpayer that you are. And um, they give you your moral codes for that time, for each time. And they also destroy morals when they want to bring in a new system. Then out of the chaos, they give you the next system. It's an old, old technique which is ongoing all the time. It's ongoing as we live, in fact. And um, most folk never catch on. You're born into your own time. You go through your standard educational system where your teachers help to brainwash you that everything that they tell you is true and that you're living in a, in a world and a government too. You serve a government who is awfully nice, awfully nice people, uh, who have your best interests at heart all the time. They worry about you. They even make movies about them too in the States, you know, about the politicians and how they worry about the general public. It's quite a nice farce. But they, they, this is the sort of stuff you get fed to keep you naive and dumb and silly, you see, and to make sure that you don't recognize what's really happening. Even when people are dropping dead all over the place with cancer, from the inoculations they got back from the 50s onwards, for the polio vaccines, etc., etc., plus the heavily tampered food that we eat too, uh, that not, isn't just uh, pesticide laced, it's, um, and, and I mean soaked literally through the cells of the plants, uh, but it's also, um, it, it's also um, modified as well, GMO, 
you see, is modified. You don't bring in Monsanto. Remember, they helped with Agent Orange, military-industrial boys, all their top scientists to make a better potato because they like you to have a good french fry. You, you don't. Why would you bring in all these guys to mix different genes together, knowing in high biochemistry they can create, these plants will create specific enzymes and poisons and all the rest of it. You see, they can actually sterilize you through food alone. You understand that? That was also discussed in the United Nations years ago. And the Rockefellers were in on a type of rice that was going to feed the world. But they also brought out a patent that this particular rice could also help sterilize people. In other words, they don't ask for volunteers. Well, they may be dumb and stupid and happy and have told you how to be happy and this is a good citizen and everyone wants to belong to the same group and be happy um, and talk about the same things to be accepted, uh, then you don't know that you're actually being sterilized and killed off and it's a, a plan. You're taught that everything that happens in life is always an accident. Oh, no one could have foreseen this coming along. Oh, my goodness. It's like the New Agers. You know, the New Agers are taught to be nice and happy, always ignore the nasty things uh, and don't prepare for anything like that. You always think positive about things. That was all put out by the top boys. The CIA ran the New Age from its inception in the U.S. And, of course, MI6 had a branch in Britain. They literally put out a few gurus as well. So they create the New Age, which is a form of mind control, you see. And even uh, the Soviets were intensely interested. They sent over people just to monitor the New Age and how it was taking off in the West because they found it was such a great way to control people and make them happy, regardless of the circumstances they were living under, or the realities of the lifestyles that they were that they were going to suffer under, and it reminds me of um, the life—not well, the life of Brian, but it was the—it was uh, written by Terry Gilliam. It was Eric the Viking, very interesting movie, very funny, and it shows you the Vikings taking off. They hit the island of the blessed, and in the island of the blessed, it's like a fairy tale land where everybody's a new ager. They're all happy as can be, wear flowers in their hair, all talk nice to each other. They don't, you don't see any heavy work or anything. But the thing is, this magical spell would be broken if a single drop of blood hit the soil, you see. And, of course, a couple of the Vikings got um, a bit drunk one night, a bit angry, and a drop hit the soil. And so the whole island shook, and the Vikings took to their boats, knowing it was going to sink. And you see uh, all the heads, head departments, the king and all that, in his top echelon, sinking gradually down and down into the water. They refused rescue by the Vikings because, oh, don't worry about it, we've got it all under control. We're, we've set up a committee to do an inquiry and find out. We'll fix this. And down they went, of course, and that was them gone. Always positive thinkers, you see, and totally um, taught to ignore the negative. That's the world you're living in. Mind control. Of course, they talk now about neuroscience. Neuroscience is a compilation of behavioral psychology with the behaviors like Skinner, with his stuff involved. Pavlov, of course, is big time in in there. And all the other experimenters who've made their names by sticking wires in folks' heads and stuff, and and like Delgado. And um, they've had big plans for you, big, big plans. But they must always make it enticing. You see, the next part's always going to be made enticing to you. And you'll think you'll be a Superman or you'll have special powers. And, and who wants a brain chip in their head so they can open their garage door, you know? Uh, you've already got a pot belly. I mean, use your muscles. Anyway, 
this is the farce that you're fed. It's always going to be for your benefit. Well, they go on and on and on about depopulation. But a month ago or so, the BBC, BBC4 it was, and I have the link on my website, I'll put it up tonight again, where you can download the audios, had a professor and a panel, of course, doing the usual dialectic. They bring on the aunties and the pros or the uncles, whatever. And um, the discussion was about eugenics and um, sterilization, compulsory sterilization, starting in Britain, which is the most socialized advanced country in the world. Uh, it came out of World War II after fighting national socialism, and it came out as a nationalist socialist country because government had expanded like cancer during World War II. Now, I always tell you that when, you, when these ideas are floated like trial balloons, you better believe an agenda is starting to get underway to convince the public a little bit by a little bit by a little bit more each time to go along with an agenda. And the public themselves never really think through things. They learn uh, through os- osmosis. It kind of sinks gradually into their minds vaguely through little clips and bits and bites that they hear. And then when it's so familiar to them, even though they've never rationalized it, thought through it, critically analyzed it, uh, they'll say, well, I guess it had to come. It sounds kind of familiar, you know. So here's the next stu- uh, step, and this is in a mainstream British newspaper, Mail Online. Uh, why we should sterilize teenage girls temporarily, at least. And you know that's a lie right away. You know, I know the agenda because I've read their stuff. And it says here, um, young mums uh, not having a baby takes intelligence and planning. Then they always get a picture posed by a model to show you what a young mums looks like. You know, you ever notice that rubbish they put on there? Like, like really cartoons? Last week, an intriguing proposition was mooted by government minister Don Primarolo. Primarolo, his name is. Teenage girls, she said, could be steered towards what is described as long-term contraception. It's actually long-term sterilization. It says, this is now possible thanks to the development of contraceptive jabs and implants that can last up to five years. In other words, there is a way of effectively sterilizing girls for a lengthy period of time. This is your government talking, folks. Hmm? Think about it. At what age? Well, doesn't 12 or until 17 sound rather sensible? You know when you start this, you get familiarized with the idea. Well, you know, we're already doing it up to 7. What's wrong with going on to 30? What's wrong? And then it's like, what's wrong in doing it permanently? You know this is coming. This is how they play with the children, eh? We're the children. It says this would have the advantage of bringing down the teenage pregnancy rate so high in this country it makes us a disgrace amongst the nations, the worst offenders in Europe. Now, all they've been fed since the 1960s, you know, the swinging 60s, you know what swinging means, you know? And um, when the National Health Service started dishing and throwing out the pills by the sackful, and then you had a massive campaign from the BBC, they all came, everybody at the BBC worked and came from Eton. You had the upper class managing the BBC, pushing all this sexual lifestyle. Why? To destroy that was, to bring in that which is new. They destroy the family. They start to destroy the old morality. It's all gone now. People can't even remember what it was. And then you bring in the new. You create chaos, and then you come out with a solution. It's so simple. Old technique. So it says here, a disgrace amongst them. And all they see on television, the youngsters too, is, is music television where everybody's dancing like a stripper. And mums and dads sit now. They're so used to it. Oh, isn't that cute? She's dancing like a stripper. <laughs> you know? 
See, the cult, and none of these articles will ever mention the culture industry. I've never seen it in my lifetime. Never. Because the culture industry, like the media, is an essential part of governing and controlling people and altering their behavior. It says the abortion rate would fall sharply and silly young girls could get on with the education that is meant to produce serious responsible taxpayers. See, there's your, there's your function. You're supposed to become a serious responsible taxpayer, not a benefit recipient. Amazing that too, isn't it? That's your reason for living, you know. That's what life's all about, to make her a serious responsible taxpayer. A nice little slave. It says, now many people will see this modest proposal as little short of horrific none less than the state interference in our reproductive lives. But think about it, it might not be such a bad idea. And I'll read the rest of this intro of this article that you know some, some dictators would have loved after this break. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. I like the guitar wailing once in a while. you got to wail, especially on a Friday, to get all this off your chest. You, you know, it's awfully boring living your life, always knowing what's coming along the pike, telling people, and they say, oh, that will never happen. And sure enough, it happens. And do they say you were right? No, nope. Then you tell them what's going to happen next. Oh, that will never happen. And, and those are the brain dead. You see, there's total conditioning. They are the products of total conditioning. Their minds have, have been completely damaged and stuck in a little compartment somewhere inside that skull. Anyway, this, this guy goes on to talk about how they're discussing it in Parliament and sterilization and so on. He says, but think about it. It might not be such a bad idea. We're moving into a science fiction age in which life itself can be created in a test tube. And it seems that before long, perfect babies could be bred at will, largely free of hereditary disease and illnesses. Now remember, in the eugenic societies, and they're still on the go, they call themselves bioethicists now at universities, and uh, they say that uh, you've got a poverty gene, you see. A poverty gene is what makes you poor. And um, nothing to do with the culture industry, nothing to do with having about 40 years, 50 years of socialism that back in the 70s, even early 70s, said they were going to start to make single-parent families houses only because they were going to create such a society where women would need guys just to just for about five minutes, perhaps, in their life, and then they could have children on their own, and the state would bring up the, the babies for them. It's so bad now the children actually call their social workers by their first names. They've, they've been raised with them. No kidding. They said they would get the man out of the picture because, you see, the man stands up for his family. No family, man, no stand up. So it says, so in my view, there's little point anymore in feeling shock and horror at the idea of mass sterilization. Neither do I believe it will encourage promiscuity because girls will feel they have nothing to fear in sleeping around. In truth, they seem to be doing that already. It's absolutely true because, you see, that's all you've been encouraged to do since the 60s. I'm afraid we're now in a time when sex is mere recreational pleasure to thousands of young women, which is exactly what Bertrand Russell said it would be, and Julian Huxley too. 
When they were talking about destroying the family, the means they would use to do it, and they would aim all their PR at the female, they said. And they did. You see, you're just living in a script. Then you cross chaos, and then you say, oh, look at the chaos. Oh, we've got to do something about this. And out comes the new law, you see. Quite simple. It says, the trouble that pregnancy no longer holds the fear of teenagers it once did. The social stigma has gone, because it's the norm now, you see. Indeed, for many, it seems a child has actually become a kind of perverse badge of honor. That's quite something you say, isn't it? A child has actually become a kind of perverse badge of honor. Think about that, too. Obviously, there are millions of sensible young girls, but for many, having a baby seems to be the logical and even desirable result of their teenage flings. If it wasn't, they'd stir themselves to do something to prevent themselves from getting pregnant, like taking the morning-after pill and aborting it, you see. But they don't, because the benefits of doing nothing to stop it are obvious. Suddenly they can give birth to someone who will offer unconditional love in a bleak, busy, money-grubbing world, which the big boys gave you, you see. They they certainly have made Britain bleak, uh, thanks to the governments and the bankers. The council will offer a free home away from nagging parents, and it's true, that was 40, 50 years of socialism. And they will have independent sexual freedom and no more humiliating exams to try to pass because more than likely their education will fall by the wayside. Nowadays, ask some girls why they want a baby so badly and they'll say vaguely, oh, I want to fulfill myself. Once they would have confidently said of the father, I love him and I want a bit of me and a bit of him to go on for eternity. Well, that that would would out, I think, with... with, uh, Oh, the, 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 the beginning of the, the color movies in Hollywood, I think, at that stage, is they'd already attacked it all and destroyed it then. It's, just, it's not like that anymore. Love is seen as little more than a neurotic dependency to the young. That's all it is, you see. It's a neurotic dependency. It's probably another bad gene. The fear of pregnancy used to stop girls having sex. To be pregnant and unmarried was a major life disaster, as it is still in some of our ethnic communities. You were disgraced, you were soiled goods. The child was removed and no one would marry you. He says, I had a great aunt locked up for life in an asylum for the age of, at the age of 20 until she died. She'd been declared a moral imbecile because she had a baby out of wedlock. Well, maybe he's got a bad gene. Maybe he's really a moral imbecile himself, the guy that's writing this. Doesn't seem to be much morality at all. My mother tried to rescue her, but to no avail. The rest of the family was against it. After 30 years, she was so institutionalized in a way that she didn't want to leave. This condemnation of the sexually imprudent was not meant to be unkind. People were poor, babies without fathers suffered, and there was no way women could earn money if they had a child. It was a moral issue, but the stigma was born out of necessity, a desperate attempt to stop girls from doing what came naturally until a father and a home could be provided. But for all that, unwelcome babies went on being born, the human impulse to procreate being what it is. Have how to have sex without getting pregnant was in those days a real mystery. Now we know everything there is to know about preventing babies, yet girls still take risks. Understanding how the body works and what happens next seems to make no difference. Well, they know that too. It makes them hypersexual when they teach them young. Currently, our teenage pregnancy rate is twice as high as in Germany, three times as high in France, and six times as high in the Netherlands. Someone sent me a little... Uh, series from the BBC on some woman detective and uh, she, she's banging away at some young fellow half her age and, and, and the sack half the time on the show 
And I'll go into that when I come back from this message too, just to show you that I've been feeding these young girls. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and carrying on this article here, but I also mentioned what they're showing them, what they've been growing up with, as I say, all the, uh, the basically music television, which is really just promoting young girls stripping pretty well. Uh, it's all about sex and nothing else. And uh, all the magazines have got, and even the crappy papers like this one I'm reading, because when you see the stuff down the right-hand side, it's all what happens to the celebrity females and, you know, who's got the latest boob job and all that kind of stuff. That's what they give you, but they never mention that aspect of why the culture has gone this way. They can't, because they have to tell you they planned it this way, you see. They have to tell you that. And as I say, this, this, this series of uh, female detectives and so on, who's, who's always uh, in the sack with some young fella, banging away everywhere, and her friend, who's a victim in this, this crime story, is banging guys on fence posts. I mean, for God's sake, I mean, this is what they've been feeding women in, in Britain for about 30 or 40 years now. And getting away with. And wondering why young girls are, never mind all this stuff, are getting taught very, very young, as Bertrand Russell wanted to be, so they could separate the sexual act from the emotional bonding part of it. That's all happened. Successful. Back to the story, it says, it says, um, is this because in this country getting pregnant while still at school has become a status symbol for girls as asbos have for the boys? That's antisocial behavior, apparently. In spite of all the efforts for the government's teenage pregnancy unit, millions of spent spent on, spent on um, initiatives to persuade girls that having babies young is bad, bad thing. The rate stays sky high. You see, you only have the, 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 the culture that they put out to you. It's always, like Plato said, culture is given out from the top, not from the bottom. It's always from the top, managed from the top. And then the BBC, believe you me, which is owned by the British government, led the charge for all this years ago, back in the 60s. It says, in 2005, there were 39,804 conceptions by under-18s in England, a rate of 41.3 per thousand the trouble for those who would tackle the pregnancy problem is that the very act of warning against pregnancy can be unproductive. A certain proportion of teenagers will like to defy fate, and the more you warn them not to smoke, drink, have sex, stay up late, join gangs, the more they will. Defying authority, not doing what you're told, is for many part of growing up. No, it's taught in school now. It's been taught for years, and you also have the rights of the child. You can't even say to them, I'm not letting you in at three o'clock in the morning. The cops come to the door and make you take them in. Then you can't do anything with them. I know my rights. Yeah. The ones at 10 know this. And this is a preparation for leaving the nest. Persuasion doesn't work. The instinct to rebel goes too deep. Boys have always wanted to have sex and notch up scores on the bedposts. That, that's, that'd be kind of painful, I think. The trouble now is that girls who once uh, wanted to be loved by someone or anyone are under intense peer pressure. Uh, they don't want to be outdone or be seen to be square and so behave like the boys. Well, who gave them that culture, folks? It didn't happen by itself. It didn't happen. I lived through a lot of it and watched it all happening. And I knew how it was happening and who was behind it. 
It says, it says, it seems that many of today's girls just like being pregnant and emotionally and physically and not just practically have more to gain than those, uh, gain than lose if they are. Sex edu- education hasn't helped and many indeed have been harmed by it. Freud's view of psychosexual development of the child has been ignored. His opinion was that if you interfere with the latent phase of ages 9 to 12 at your peril for fear of stopping further development. In Freud's theory, the latest phase is when a child unconsciously denies the fact of life until he or she is ready to face them. If impalatable facts are forced down the child's throat, it's traumatizing and progression to sexual maturity is halted. Well, he was wrong about everything. In other words, if you start teaching the birds and the bees too early, all that the 9, 10, or 11 years old will do is want to experiment. Well, that, that part's true because that's exactly what Huxley said. And that's what also um, Julian Huxley said, first CEO of UNESCO, that lovely United Nations organization for children. And it's also what Lord Burton Russell said because he tried these experimental schools back in the 20s, special permission by the Crown to do so. And his job there was to try to, to get them into pre-prebertal sex to stop any emotional bonding later in life. He said it was very successful. So they, they experimented to make sure it worked before they gave it to society and forced it on them. So this goes on and on and on. But this is you're going to see more and more and more of this now because they're in a role for eugenics folks. Uh, although they now call it bioethics. It's all run by academia, you know, that's joined with government, has been joined at the hip for an awful long time, since at least World War II. And here's another article that ties in with it. You think you're eating nice stuff and so on. Well, listen to this. Here's a patent here. Uh, it's fertility impairing vaccine and a method of use. And I'll put the link up on the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the show. And this goes into this, all its different, different patent numbers, publication dates, and so on. It came from the University of Georgia Research Foundation, Inc., probably with a Rockefeller um, grant, no doubt. And uh, Boy Graduate Studies Research Center at Athens. It says, and it gives the names of the inventor, Ferrer Hoskin, Richard A., and Sandberg, Victoria A., and... It's called title, Fertility Impairing Vaccine and Method of Use. They've already tried it on various animals and so on, and it works very effectively. And it works by, it says, um, a vaccine comprising an antigen derived from a zona pellucida glycoprotein is effective to impair fertility in animals, preferably carnivores. That's us, folks. The vaccine can be used as an immunosterilant or an immunocontraceptive. So it can actually sterilize you or act as a contraceptive. That's the stuff, too, that they joined with a, a type of wheat or corn or something and gave to the poor countries through the United Nations that I was talking about earlier. And rice, too, I believe. So I'll put that up there and let you know what you're chomping on. And, uh, you know, turn on your television and watch all the garbage and the filth that you're watching and, and become more and more debauched. You do have that choice. You really do have that choice. Now, there's callers there, and um, there's Prentice from Alaska. Are you there, Prentice? Hello? Hello? Yes. Hello, thanks for taking my call, Alan. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of your callers have called in, and, you know, they wonder how, you know, good ways to... uh, meet other people like themselves, you know, who are thinking and asking questions and trying to 
you know, break into a lot of this information. Um, and one, uh, one good way to do that is to, you know, just get out there. Um, there's a lot of good resources on the Internet. Um, one group is called, one website is called meetup.com. And you can get on there and you can on the meetup group, um, buy Alan's books, get a lot of the books that, you know, Alan has talked about on the show. And, um, you know, just try to get together with people on there. Uh, and that website generates regular bulletins to uh, people in the area. And, you know, you can gather together and you can um, try to, you know, put together what you found with what other people have discovered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that will help heighten your level of awareness, you know, to the next level. Yeah. Um, because it's one thing to read the information, another thing to listen to the information, but, you know, it's not until you start talking to other people who are along the same path that you start connecting a lot of the dots. And that helps build up your confidence and things like that so that when you do go out in the streets or whatever, and start, you know, passing out information. You know what you're talking about, and you know that you're not the only one who's uh, what this information is about. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, Skype, and, um, you know, it's a free program. You can download it, and you can talk to uh, people through the uh, computer for free. All you need is a headset. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on there. Is my username on there is Prentice, P-R-E-T-I-C-E, Reed, R-E-I-D. And, uh, you know, bring Alan's books. If you don't have them, purchase them. Um, one of the best books to get that you've mentioned that's helped me a lot, and really the big daddy as far as his history goes to me, mm-hmm. is uh, Tragedy and Hope yeah. um, by Professor uh, Carol Quigley. And... Um, you know, it talks about the bankers in there, and you've gone over this book a few times, but it talks about the history of how the bankers have manipulated both sides in the wars. Now, I get this history in the public school system. You're not going to get this history in the college uh, uh, school system. Also, um, it talks about, of course, parallels in there, too. And it's a 1,500-page book, but you got to go through it in order to learn the history. Yeah. Um, for the book, though, you know, it's a, I think it's a part a lot of people overlook, but uh, it goes into the Dinette family. And, I mean, this is a historian, you know, Professor Carol Quigley, uh, and uh, he's just... Uh, uh, analyzing the dynamics of the family that are leading to the breakdown of the family. He's been every uh, age group in that family. He's describing every gender in the family precisely and what's going on in their heads and what elements are leading to the breakdown of the family. Perfect. Yeah, and he worked for the guys who were doing it, yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, he, he worked for the guys you know, who were doing it. You mentioned that great was uh, the Hidden Persuaders. 
Yeah. Now, uh, in that book, it, it, uh, it goes into an article from Time Magazine titled Biocontrol. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that article, it talks about they were methods to control human beings by electrodes placed on the scalp in the 1950s. Yep. And uh, that book was written by uh, Vance Packard. I believe he wrote for the New York, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But it goes into the mind, the programming methods that the advertising industry uses. Uh, and book was written in the 1950s. Okay. Once again, this is stuff not going to get in public school. Yeah. This stuff you're not going to get in college. And, you know, as I start looking into this stuff that you realize, I don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you will be given a fake reality to because naive, compliant, obedient citizens, yeah. 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 And, you know, um, I mean, you have to try to, you know, get together with people and talk about these issues because a lot of people have not, never heard about this stuff. Um, I know, you know, um, a lot of people are talking about the eugenics movement now, but people didn't start talking about that until you you talked about it on the show, Alan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you do not know the history, the, the who's, what, where's, when, and why's, of the eugenics, you don't know your history at all. Yeah, at yeah absolutely. All. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was the most nefarious scientific movement in history. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I say, it's still ongoing through the United Nations and its Department of Population. They are the, the big boys with the sign all the treaties on population control across the world. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and once again, completely written out of the mainstream history books. Period. You know, how can you go through public school and this stuff is never mentioned? Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, the function of public school is not to inform you or, or to, to wake you up. It is to get you under the spell and to be one of the, one of the mindless masses who are, who are obedient, pay taxes, and work their life away, never figuring out what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, to think that you're educated to the point where you can't learn anything else. Exactly, yeah, or, or that, the, that you know everything. I mean, most people out there really think they're informed, like Brzezinski said. He said, shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They'll only be able to repeat in their conversations that which they heard on the previous night's news. And that's happened with most folk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, that's what you have to do. You got to start um, paying homage to the people who helped you and also help others after you get that information. That's right. You know, because we don't, nobody else is. Yes. You know, but uh, I appreciate everything you do, Alan. Uh, great show. And uh, you have yourself a great weekend. Yeah, thanks for calling. Take care. Bye now. Now, there's also um, Dan in Pennsylvania. Are you there, Dan? Hi. Um, yeah, I agree with the last caller. I mean, you do really, really, really do have to stick together because, I mean, if you if you try to stay by yourself in this thing, you're gonna you're gonna lose your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for everything you do, and uh, and especially for your DVD. I mean, I was watching it last night with my mom, and uh, I'm 21 years old, you know, and I was trying to get through to her, and, you know, the first thing that she would say would be, you know, who who is this guy, what are his credentials, you know, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after a while, you, you start you start trying to explain it to her and everything, and and here I found out that you know in high school she was she had to read Brave New World and you know she yeah. was actually had some you know <laughs> but she didn't really understand it at the time. No, most people don't realize it. It seems so so science fiction at that time to them. They didn't relate it to reality. Real human beings at the top would never do that to us. <laughs> And yet here I am reading an article today about that very thing that they are bringing it in, and they have been doing it to us. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it just it just goes to show you that if you if you keep pounding this information into the people that you love, you know, and mm-hmm. not like forcing it upon them, because ultimately they'll they'll do what they want to do in the end, and there's nothing you can really do about yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, you'll you'll realize that a lot of these people have definitely you yourself. I mean, <laughs> you've definitely known this, like. From the time you you could realize it, you know, you can feel it in your gut. Like, you know something's wrong, and Mm -hmm. you really just don't know what to do about it until you learn about it. That's right. And um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, really, was um, I had been been researching some of this stuff before. I really actually, you know, started listening to you, and uh, I had heard about this guy named um, John Todd. And I, I, I don't know what to think about him because he really he really sounds like he knows what he's talking about whenever he's talking about the music industry. How he says about how he used to be in the Illuminati and and uh, he, <laughs> he, he do you know what I'm talking about in any in any way? He talks about how like I've heard quite a few of those guys, and most of them are fraud, of course. You know, they'll see a lot of stuff that's out there in the Patriot Radio, but they're frauds. But hold on, we're back after this break. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. And I don't, I don't know if uh, Dan's still on the line there, is he? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I just really wanted to know about um, because I know you talk about, or a lot of people have talked about, you know, hidden, hidden uh, meanings in music. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of people listen to like you know the Beatles and and a lot of bands that they think they'll wear the like deep personal billboards for the Beatles and everything, it's ridiculous. And they have no idea what, what their songs are about. They, they don't know what they're listening to, you know. Especially with you, the- you don't have to know on a conscious level. Your subconscious, believe it or not, really will take a lot in. And it goes into what's called, uh, the, by Carl Jung, the unconscious, the wild part of the brain when everything is in your deep uh, dreams where all things can happen. And that's where it really starts working on you, on the, the so-called primitive levels of you. Uh, that's where it really starts working, and then it, it manifests. You cannot subdue this kind of force, this dynamic, and it will eventually surface into your behavior itself, and you act out the behavior that's programmed into you. It's a very old technique. Even Plato talked about so he, he wanted all musicians to be licensed at the time because of this power, especially they, they had over the young, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, 
a lot of the times, uh, like I'll, I'll just listen to music, you know, every once in a while, just just the instrumentals, you know, like jazz instrumentals and stuff like that, because that's, you know, personally that's what I'm into. But I mean, a lot of the people will just it, they'll just blindly, you know, come out with what it's it's partly what they think is new and trendy, you know, a lot of people to my age think. They never stop and see what they don't know is is that when you are in writing music and you're a professional writer, it comes down the grapevine comes from the top down with what they're going to push this year. What's the end thing, you see? It's the same with all all the brands and types of music you've had since the nineteen fifties onwards, literally. Because the CIA was involved in this, by the way, big time. And that's admitted in the cultural cold wars, the declassified stuff that is put up by the government. But uh, um, every writer immediately gets all the latest updates on this is going to sell. If you've got this in it and this in it and this in it, that's out. So men and women, I love you stuff, that's out, you see. Um, if, it, if, it does, if it's gender-specific, it's out. It's got to be they. It could be he or she. So you don't mention he or she, and you leave it gender-specific. That comes down to the writers. And then to embed different stuff in, in the higher studios, um, uh, they'll embed an awful lot of stuff that promotes stuff that you, that you don't even know you're, you're being indoctrinated with at the time. But then you couple it with the visual aspects, of course, and the occultic symbolism. Occultic just means hidden symbolism, uh, and it's, again, archetypal symbols. They're very primitive. We all understand at some deep, again, primitive level, but they work on you like a language because you're actually seeing a written language. And then you couple that with the sexual part, too, that kicks in the stimulation, and you're embedding, uh, you're, you're, you're embedding a personality into yourself, actually, when you're doing this. Yeah, and it's it's just like it's just like whenever you know the people will see things in magazines and it'll make themselves feel less adequate or that they need to be part of that. Always, always to make you feel less adequate. And they aim specifically at the women. They're easier to change. Uh, women, by the way, are in control of their sexual act outside of rape. And the big boys said that years ago. They'd aim all. Bernays said it will aim all the propaganda at the women because we can make her unhappy with herself. They'll make her want to look like a, a film star, and she'll buy all the things. She'll go for all the beauty, cosmetics, and so on. But they can also modify her behavior, and they've done all it. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. And, uh, Tom, sorry I can't get to you, so maybe call back in Monday. Um, from all you out there, uh, from Hamish myself, from Interior Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.